Welcome to the NPS MedicineWise podcast, helping health professionals stay up to date with the latest news and evidence about medicines and medical tests. Yeah, hi, I'm Steve Morris, CEO of NPS MedicineWise, and welcome to another of our regular podcasts. And in this podcast, we have a particular focus on consumers. So I'm delighted to be joined by the CEO of the Consumers Health Forum of Australia, commonly referred to as CHF, Leanne Wales. Hi, Leanne. Hello, Steve. How are you? Yeah, I'm very good, thank you. And could you just tell uh, our listeners a little bit about CHF? CHF, we're the national peak body for healthcare consumers and also those with an interest in healthcare consumer affairs. So we've got um, many members um, that are consumer and patient organisations in their own right, um, as well as research institutes and professional associations and, and, and individual consumers as well. So our main job is to really inject consumer insights and consumer voice into, you know, the big national policy debates of the day. Yeah, and how long has um, CHF been around, Leanne? We have been around for almost 40 years, about 37 or so years. Right, a significant length of time for a health organisation. Not too bad. The longevity is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. So look, Leanne, you just come off a, a really big week, uh, a, a big summit um, on the 18th and 19th of March uh, on consumer uh, health entitled Shifting Gears. just want to explain what the, the title uh, was meant to highlight in the conference. The title really, um, it actually pegs back to a white paper we published in 2018 and we chose the title Shifting Gears because in that white paper we wanted to highlight two things. Um, On the policy front, we wanted to highlight the main health policy shifts that are needed across the system and at a service delivery level to make um, both policy and care delivery more person-centred. But we also wanted to draw attention to the I suppose the maturing role consumer advocates are playing right across the board, be it in research and shaping research, sitting at policy tables, uh, participating in service redesign exercises and service commissioning at PHN levels. We wanted to highlight that, you know, consumer advocates and representatives are not uh, an homogenous group. Um, They are... They play many and varied roles, but we also need to shift gears there as well in terms of the value that's assigned to their the insights and advice they bring, and also um, the support and education and uh, leadership development that that they need to really fulfil their roles in a maximum way. Hence the term shifting gears. Yeah, no, thanks for that explanation, Leanne. Look, and I thought it was an excellent and engaging conference um, that was completely virtual. So just before we get into maybe some of the themes, what are your thoughts on the challenges and opportunities of virtual conferences? I'm absolutely sold on virtual conferences. I must say I was pretty apprehensive because we knew, you know, we all know the value of face-to-face networking. Um, but to be COVID safe, that's what we decided to do. But we have had nothing but positive feedback about how engaging a fully virtual platform was. Uh, and it's actually quite intimate. You know, you've got the, instead of the, you know, the keynote speaker being, you know, uh, a almost blurred person up on an auditorium, on a stage in an auditorium, you've got them 
in your office or in your lounge room speaking to you directly uh, from your laptop or screen. So it's very personal and intimate. Um, and the other really powerful thing about it is the immediacy of the chat, particularly when people engage with that which they did with our summit. Um, you get immediate you know, feedback, temperature of the room, what's the, the issues and thoughts and, and themes that are running through people's minds, the things there the speakers are provoking them to think about. So um, absolutely sold on virtual platforms and you know, I can't see them going away. I mean, I think they're cost effective as well. You know, they allow uh, participation uh, for those that otherwise often struggle to afford, you know, airfares and accommodation in order to come into a, a face-to-face conference in a, in a CBD. Yeah, look, and I think lots of organisations have the same thoughts, Leon, and certainly from NPS Medicine's wide point of view, our future conference will be virtually based for the reasons that you've just highlighted. Mm, mm. Um, in terms of the, the significant themes coming out of the conference, maybe first I wanted to start on uh, consumer engagement and look, the catchphrase nothing about us without us seems to sum up the discussions about how consumers can and should be involved not just at the consultation or governance level but truly involved in co-designing projects and programs in genuine partnership so what do you think health organizations and health professionals need to do fundamentally to move towards truly consumer-centered care that's that's a big question, Steve. So I'll just offer some, you know, sort of observations and reactions to that. I mean, I, you know, it's not to say that um, organisations, service providers, clinicians don't um, offer consumer-centred care. I mean, by definition, you know, the, the, the delivery of care is fundamentally about the people receiving the care. I think, I think it's much more these days about... Um, uh, the relationships and, and the way clinicians or, you know, health administrators interact with, with consumers. So, so at the sort of point of care delivery end, it's much more around clinician behavior that, that, um, embraces, you know, shared decision making, um, you know, embraces consumers you know, one of the terms that came up at the conference was the notion of the wise consumer, which actually speaks to your um, Choosing Wisely initiative where what we're really trying to do is equip consumers with um, both information but also uh, to say to them, look, you've actually got the imprimatur to ask questions of your provider and the Choosing Wisely questions lead to better decision-making and goal-setting and those sorts of things. So I guess... On the clinician provider side, we're really saying we just really need clinicians to be open to shared decision making, uh, to not to not you know uh, be phased when consumers ask questions because that's a good thing. Um, you know the fact that they do might do a bit of googling before they come into a consult that's actually a good thing because that it's not to threaten the GP or the specialist's advice, but it's actually. Um, a consumer saying, look, I'm actually activated and motivated to really engage in these discussions with you to get get the best health outcomes. I think digital is a really (laughs) exploding area. Um, it's, It's by definition empowering the consumer. You know, and in some ways, the train has left the station there, and 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 it's almost a a, a case of you know 
providers needing to play catch up because consumers, you know, as I mentioned, Google, they go to the internet, uh, they, they use mobile health apps. Um, uh, and there's some caution around that, you know, there's obviously quality and safety issues. And, you know, we know that there needs to be some work done to assure people that they're using, you know, evidence-based apps. But again, digital is a huge enabler and I think we need both consumers and clinicians to to embrace that. Um, and then there's models of care, you know, obviously team-based care, organising care um, around the person. Um, and at an organisational level, there's um, organisational constructs, you know, how, how are we involving consumers in boards of governance and and I know you've got um, cons- a consumer on your board and you've got a consumer advisory committee and you've got, um, you know, working together arrangements with us. So those sorts of um, organisational attributes um, are, are what organisations need to do as well, getting consumers involved in governance, um, in leadership, um, and some organisations, you know, even have... Um, uh, paid patient advocates on staff. I mean, uh, we had a speaker at the summit, David Gilbert, who fulfills a role like that in the UK. So we've done it. We're all on, all on a maturity trajectory with this sort of stuff, really. Yeah, as you said, you know, that's a very big question for which there are many, many aspects. I'm just going to pick on, on up on one one element that you, you spoke about, which is, I suppose, the digital evolution or revolution yeah. and constructs such as telehealth. And look, many people are digitally savvy, but others are less so or less able to use and access technology. So how do we build equity and accessibility into this digital enhancement and evolution so people aren't left behind? That's a big concern of ours and we had a consumer commission, um, a COVID consumer commission produce a report during the year on, you know, the the the, the, the fault lines in our health system exposed by COVID and, and the, di- the so-called digital divide, which is what you're referring to, came up as a big issue because it is fundamentally an equity issue and we are at risk, you know, digital should digital health and access to digital health should be it's a fundamental right um so how we overcome that look i think there's a lot of work needing to be done on both the clinician and and consumer side on on digital health literacy which sounds a bit jargonistic i know but basically um getting people to the point where they're comfortable using the tools and devices um there's some really good a model in particular that we're quite intrigued about and looking into a bit further called digital navigators. They're rolling these out in Denmark, and they're 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 people with with um you know technical but also clinical uh, expertise who work with service providers and consumers to get them comfortable with using the tools. Uh, and embedding them into their practice um, on the provider side. Um, and on the consumer side, you know, they they sort of um, coach them to, you know, be comfortable using telehealth and uh, and apps and things like that, and my health record even for that matter, you know, those yeah. sort of things. Um, so digital navigators is something we're really interested in, and I think the other big issue um, is for you know lower socioeconomic people who often are the ones as we all know that need the more comprehensive care because they're often the ones that have much more complex uh multi-morbidities to manage 
um, you know, to see a person with a device is one thing, but whether they can afford the data pack, you know, the data packages and things like that 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 are needed to um, really deploy these devices for digital telehealth virtual care purposes is is often an assumption we make and 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 it's an access issue that we overlook so that's something that really we need to keep an eye on yeah so there's always you know, great opportunities that digital health can deliver but also some challenges for for significant um yeah population, i think just want to just change tack and talk a little about health literacy and i know that as part of your conference there was a um, a masterclass hosted by the health literacy lab so from your perspective what role does health literacy and in particular medicines literacy play in helping ensure people don't get left behind? Oh, I think it's pretty fundamental. I mean, health literacy is all, you know, all about the wherewithal, um, having access to information, education, knowing where to look to find the right healthcare services, knowing the questions to ask. Um, uh, it's, 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 uh, it's a real enabler. So, Health literacy, digital health literacy, medicines health literacy, you know, um, understanding uh, CMI, you know, consumer medication information, information, um, you know, it really cuts to the core of the whole, you know, quality use of medicines agenda. Um, if we don't have people, you know, fundamentally able to access and comprehend and act on CMI, then we've got a long way to go. So, um, which is why it was great to work with you, Steve, and NPS on the um, consumer segmentation research that we did last year and that was also discussed at the summit, you know, how do, how do, how do consumers actually segment and what do we know about consumer medicine, health literacy in particular, and what does, what, you know, what are the implications of that, uh, you know, for patient education and programs and QUM programs that we need to consider. Yeah, and hopefully over the coming coming year or so we'll be able to, to take some action on some of those findings. Indeed. Um, Look forward from that research, to that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, there was so much in the conference, um, Leanne, but is there any other themes and actions that you particularly want to highlight? Well, I think, um, you know, associated with the, I mean, so many themes and <laughs> themes and highlights came out of it. Um, I think associated with, with health literacy is, is the concept of patient activation. And, and again, it's... Um, you know, a bit of a jargonistic term, but I think a really powerful tool, it's an important um, patient behaviour issue that providers really need to be aware of. Um, and there are some fantastic, uh, you know, tools that can be used um, by providers, uh, validated tools to gauge, you know, where patients sit on a, on a on a spectrum of patient activation and it, to get a gauge on that is so powerful because if you're, you know, a GP dealing with someone who is very, very low on an activation scale, um, it's going to be arguably all the more challenging to, you know, get them as active participants in shared decision-making, get them, you know, signed up to and compliant and commit, committed to following up following through on a, on a chronic care plan or a mental health care plan or whatever it might be. Um, and it's also arguments for, you know, how we might um, 
because there's all sorts of discussions going on at the moment about um, the 10-year primary health care plan and what sort of models of primary health care we should have for the future. Um, you know, progressive models really should be very team-based. We should have, you know, health coaches in, nested into, into general practices um, to help with some of those patients who are lower on activation scales, lower on levels of health literacy scales. We should have, um, you know, back to QUM and medicines literacy and medication compliance. And this is starting to unfold with funding by primary health networks and others. Um, you know, non-dispensing pharmacists actually nested in, in a general practice and working alongside a GP on QUM and patient education around medication um, adherence. Um, they are the sort of models of care we need to see. So I think implications of the discussions at, at the summit, you know, drew my mind to where we want, you know, future primary health care reform to go. And then there were the really big issues, um, like climate change and health, you know, it's a, it's. Um, I think the 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 consciousness is really starting to hit us. Um, you know, when you look at the health impacts of drought, when you look at the health impacts of bushfires, um, uh, climate change has, it has a very real health impact. So, we traversed a lot of ground at the summit, um, and the need for consumer leadership and really valuing. Uh, that investing in it um, and growing their skills, um, you know, right down to, you know, some of the more operational um, imperatives, which, again, uh, some organisations overlook and I know NPS certainly doesn't, but, you know, remunerating consumers who are engaged, uh, you know, to advise and sit on committees and working parties for their time in the same way that clinicians are paid for their time. Yeah, no, thanks, Leanne. As you said, many, many things coming out of the conference. I mean, to me, all indicating the absolute necessity for collective action for everybody involved in the system uh, at both an individual and organisational level. And obviously, as national organisations, um, uh, MPS Mentum Wise and CHF signed a working together agreement um, a while ago. And I suppose it's just that question, you know, how important do you think those formal partnerships and collaborations are between organisations in achieving the many challenges that we have? I think um, partnership and collaborative practice are fundamentally important to, to driving change. And it's about it's about several things, isn't it? It's about each each organisation understanding each other's world, um, but also each organisation bringing its assets to the table, you know, your knowledge and expertise, our knowledge and expertise, our networks, your networks. Um, so it, it's, it's exactly that. It's collective impact and collective action around, you know, on topics and on issues where we share a common purpose and a common desire to reach a common goal. And in our case and your case, that's, uh, you know, quality use of medicines and, you know, um, choosing wisely and, and better, you know, health literacy and consumers better equipped to be very wise consumers as, as our summit discussed. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank, thank you, Lam. We could talk for much longer on many of the <laughs> themes from the conference uh, and the priorities at the moment, but, but thank you for coming on the podcast today. Oh, thank you for the chat, Steve. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, no, thank you. And just, I'm just going to take this opportunity for one shout out about another virtual event or two virtual events, uh, the NPS Medicine Wise National Medicine Symposium, which is on Tuesday the 18th of May. 
on the, on the topic of evaluating quality use of medicines, how do we know that we're making a difference? And um, the second conference on the 19th is the Choosing Wisely Australia National Meeting. So if you're interested in those conferences, please just go to our website where there's further information. So thanks again for listening. For more information about the safe and wise use of medicines, visit the NPS Medicine Wise website at nps.org.au.